as we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. Hey, that's for you, Marilyn. So happy to have you here with us on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. You know what I'm doing? I'm getting ready for the end of the segment. I don't have a staff. Luna has a staff, a full staff, has a secretary, a personal assistant, a concierge. This guy has it all. He even has somebody that uh, answers the phone when he gives away free swag here at the station. Ooh, that reminds me. I had some stuff I have to give away, not give away. Every once in a while, they give me something to give away. And I have some vouchers for a fight that's going on up at Chicansey, I believe next weekend, the 9th. Now, these are vouchers. In other words, it costs $5 to... Uh, Get a ticket that's worth, I don't know, 20 or 30 So if you're interested in that, I'll have more information in the next segment. I'll go get them off my desk. You can send me an email, Casey Steed, at PSA. Oh, is it PSA at Radio Merced? Well, sure. You know, you better send it to Casey.Steed, Casey period Steed at SMGNational.com. That's our new email address here. I believe we have retained PSA at smgnational.com also. But uh, you can always try PSA at Radio Merced. Anyway, first person, it's a two pair, four tickets if you want those. Hey, listen, here it is, November 2nd, the 2nd of November. Can you believe it? Dia de las Muertes, Day of the Dead. A lot of events going on. Uh, I talked about it a little bit in the 6 a.m. hour, our Merced County Morning News. Happy that those of you that listen at the 6 a.m. hour supporting that. Got a nice email from a listener. Looking forward to us rolling that out during the weekdays. Who knows? Maybe sooner than later. We're still kind of toying with the format. But I appreciate you guys listening. Anyway, uh, Day of the Dead celebrations here in the Valley. Rampant. Uh, up in Hornitos, Mariposa County. Just outside. Six miles outside the county line, folks. Come on. There are buddies up there. Land of the Butterfly. Hornitos. A little, the, little, the little mounds. Once the uh, center of civilization during the gold rush up there, Garadelli got his start up there selling equipment to the miners. That's how most people made their money. Then he went to San Francisco and made chocolate. To this day, still some really good chocolate. They're having a event up there at uh, St. Catherine's, a little sh- uh, church up there. I believe it's St. Catherine's. Anyway, a uh, little church there in Hornitos right above the town. Can't miss it. They put the luminaries, the uh, lighted bags. On the way up, I'll tell you, sometimes the weather has been rainy, nasty, hail, snow practically. Thousands of people still show up. Today ought to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, weather for the event. And again, a lot of people will show up. The priest comes in, uh, the father, the padre comes in from Mariposa, says a few words. I think they have two services, standing room only. Most people are outside. It's just kind of a you know place to be. Of course, the plaza bar is open. A lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. And then here... In the city of Mercy, the city of Merced, they're having uh, an event over at the MAC, the Multicultural Arts Center, lovingly known as the MAC. Downtown there, right next to the old Board of Realtors building. They're still trying to sell. So if folks want to go down there, UC Merced is putting that on. They're going to have face painting, that sort of thing. There was a really interesting there, a really interesting uh, thing on the news. I don't know if people saw it. It was a lady out of Visalia. That's what she called herself. Uh, She was a character actor, painted her face up, stood on stilts. Almost 12 feet tall, had to have her husband, relatives, help her get in her garb and then went to one of the local schools. One of the local teachers brought, him, brought her in, uh, kind of a show and tell for the class. 
talk a little bit about Day of the Dead, the culture, where it comes from. And it was really neat to see the expression on the children's faces when they see this 12-foot person uh, dressed up as one of the uh, uh, players in that, in that celebration. Just really interesting. So again, a lot of things going on in our community to celebrate the Day of the Dead. Of course, Halloween was Thursday, as you know. Big, big day. A lot of kids out. A lot of candy, man. Candy everywhere. Candy, candy, candy. Trying to re, uh, resist it here at work. We had a wonderful potluck. People brought in dishes. Our own uh, boss, Damien, made his homemade potato salad. That was a really a real treat. I think he gets it over there at Grocery Outlet, but I could be wrong. Anyway, it was a nice time. We had uh, one of our folks made deviled eggs, homemade deviled eggs. Took the olive, took some black olives, cut them up, made them look like spiders on top. It was so much fun. We really do have a good time here at Stevens Media Group. Our six wonderful stations. Anyway, it was a good time. I hope everybody had a good holiday. Last weekend, I was uh, privileged to take our CASA kids, those that wanted to go out to the fairgrounds, the haunted house out there. One of the, well, there were several haunted events uh, out there. They had a maze where you went through, and they had people, you know, kind of scattered throughout the maze to scare you. You didn't see them until it was too late, and that was kind of neat. Kids really enjoyed that. And then across the way, which I didn't go through, they had a interactive uh, paintball uh, deal with the uh, zombies and ghouls and goblins, all those, another kind of a maze situation. Again, I didn't go through it, but quite a big uh, present out, presence out there at the fairgrounds. Lots of events were going on last weekend. Of course, they had the uh, suds and sausage sampler, which was put on by the Merced College agricultural folks, the Aggies. And that was a well-attended event. That was Saturday night from 4 to 7. I thought it started at 5. I got there at 5.30. Man, it was almost, <laughs> it was well underway. Everybody was having a really, really good time sampling uh, all different kinds of beverages, I think there were some non well, there were some non-alcoholic beverages. I remember seeing that table. But uh, the way they had it set up is all the way around the Yosemite Hall. And you had sausage made by various entities here in town, uh, businesses, uh, vendors, uh, folks associated with college, with ag. I remember one, Shannon Pump. I, I don't know what kind of sausage uh, Chris, Chris brought out, but it was really good. And, of course, they had all the little toothpicks and the trays and the mustard and things and some fresh fruit, cheeses, nuts, of course, all locally sourced as well as... Now, the beer, the alcohol wasn't locally sourced, but there was a lot of different types of uh, craft beers, different kind of wine coolers, those sorts of things. It was all, and then a, a tremendous silent auction, table after table. It must have been 10 tables of silent auction items, really good items, a lot of good deals, a great event. I forget what year this was. I don't know how many years they've been doing, but this is the second or third year I've gone, and it's really a well-attended event. So good to see the young people in our community, the future farmers, the future folks that are going to be in agricultural uh, businesses here attend these events, and good support by the community. But again, these uh, haunted houses, amazing. The, the maze is just amazing, the amount of people that were going to that on Saturday night. And of course, our CASA kids really enjoyed it. They get they had a like I say they kind of opened it up uh, about an hour early for our Casa children so we could get them in get them out didn't have to wait through uh, you know wait too long in line. 
they don't let people go through, you know, just as you start walking up to the, the gate there. They kind of send them through in groups, two or three. Because, you know, it, it, uh, you get scared, you get turned around. And if it was just a continuous line, it'd be pretty, pretty miserable, I think. But it was well ran. I couldn't help but kind of chuckle. You know, as you wait in line, these people come up to you. You know, they've got open sores. And, you know, it's all, they're all made up, disheveled, you know, real ratty clothing and uh, talking to themselves, screaming. It almost reminds you of going down Main Street in Merced on a Friday or Saturday night. But this was a, 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 a uh, attraction, <laughs> which they charge for, which you could, you know, almost get it free if you went downtown Merced. Maybe a little more dangerous, though, than the... Then the paid attraction, as you know, our transient population is just completely out of control. And it does consist of people screaming at themselves, open sores where they're shooting up drugs. I was coming into town the other night after uh, an event in Atwater. And uh, folks, right over there on the railroad tracks, kind of where all the tracks come together, Highway 59, 16th Street, over there by the uh, what we used to affectionately call the UP Estates. Guy sitting on the railroad tracks helping another individual shoot up I, some sort of intravenous drugs. I don't know. Maybe it was a protein shot or something. But I just couldn't believe it. You know, there's a, there's no crime anymore in 11550 under the influence of controlled substance. Well, actually, we hand out needles here in Merced, uh, city of Merced at least, what, once a week, once a month? I don't know. Have a needle exchange program. That was to help uh, keep the toilets unclogged at the park. According to Steve Kerrigan, our city manager, one of the reasons we hand out free needles. So uh, I guess uh, people kind of feel, you know, no problem just doing that right in public. What a what a wonderful Chamber of Commerce moment that is. You know, as I stop there for the four-way intersection and, you know, look over. You know, you see people sitting on the railroad tracks. First of all, you think, well, that's stupid. What if a train comes? Of course, those are little spurs there that aren't used very much because most of the businesses are closed over there in the industrial park. But at one time they were used and they could be dangerous, but great place to sit down and uh, do your heroin or meth or fentanyl. I, I don't know. What, it, what is the drug now of choice? I, I know everybody's worried about vaping. I think we got bigger, <laughs> bigger problems than that. And then the Child's Avenue overpass. Whoa, Chihuahua. I remember uh, Councilman Martinez, young Tony, Tony the Tiger Martinez. The councilman for that district gave me a lot of heck. The Merced County Times, oh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago, uh, I've been pretty critical of that encampment. And they know what they're doing. They're right outside the city limits, right in the county, underneath the overpass there, the UP uh, right-of-way, Southern Pacific, Union Pacific, I don't know what they're calling themselves now, but the, uh, the southern tracks up there in the overhead and the bridge. Cleared them out one time, put a couple of signs, you know, don't camp here against the law, you know, like the ones they have along Bear Creek. Talk about dug in like cliff dwellers over there. Ooh. Oh, man. And then you go down Bear Creek Drive, southeast, northwest, whatever they call it. People going right down the middle of the street with their bum bikes, the baby carriage on the back with all the stolen property, the tools to dismantle your property while you're at work. Right in the middle of the street. I didn't know that was a sharrow. Why don't you put arrows down there? Because you come around some of those curves, those blind curves on Bear Creek, and suddenly there they are, talking to themselves, picking up, uh, you know, pieces of the bum bikes that fell apart. You know, the wheel falls off, the, the wheelchair wheel. It's amazing some of the contraptions these people put together while under the influence of methamphetamine. 
you can really get creative, I guess. But Bear Creek is terrible, and the reason why is the county of Merced, Board of Supervisors, because they are, well, supervisors. When you look at the pyramid, they're the top. Of course, the electorate's the top. You guys elect them. <laughs> anyway, they let the permit lapse with the fish and game along Bear Creek, that irrigation ditch that MID uses to transfer water. We can't clean it as we let the permit lapse. Real brilliant, isn't it? You don't think the bums, the transients, the vagrants, the criminals, the drug addicts that live there along Bear Creek don't know that? Of course they do. That's why they stay there. They know nobody's going to come kick them out. They're not even going to pick up their trash. I was going along there the other day, and the fire department comes rolling through, and suddenly I smelled the smoke. A couple of people pulled over there right before G Street between G and M, looking down into the bushes, wondering where the fire was. Of course, this was during the dry, windy areas. You don't think that could happen in Merced? You don't think that could happen in Merced? Kind of roll up that bank and maybe go across that little two-lane road into some of those nice homes along Bear Creek? Oh, the who's who lives over there. So funny when you wait there at the light, you know, traffic with the kids. Man, whew, you get backed up 1,000, 1,500 feet from some of these intersections. You have a chance to gander over into the creek. And there's all the tents on one side, on the creek side. Then you look over at these, oh, I don't know, what's, what's houses cost now? Where's Krodick when you need him? Three, four, five hundred thousand dollar homes, million dollar homes. I don't know. It'd be a million dollars if it was somewhere nice, but it's in Merced with bums living right across from you. What a wonderful, what a wonderful amenity. I wonder how the realtors spin that. You know, a fixer upper, rustic look. You've heard all of the jokes. How they, what, what do you call that? Uh, oh, you can observe some uh, different cultures from your living room window. Just look across the road. There they are, camping. Like cliff drollers. Unbelievable. Anyway, you know, Councilman Martinez, he thought I was a little hard on some of these folks that live out in the open. Less fortunate than us. I don't know when we're going to get after the criminal activity. Still bad over there, Martinez. Councilman Martinez. Childs Avenue Bridge. They're now actually parking cars, vehicles under there. I can only imagine what's going on. But you guys like it because you put up with it. Just like you put up with me every Saturday morning on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. This is Citizen Watch. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, here we are. Back Saturday morning, Citizen Watch, segment two. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley on Merced's News Talk, 1480 AM, 107.3 FM. Actually, you're supposed to say that in reverse. KYOS, K Yosemite, 2nd of November, Day of the Dead. So happy to have you here with us, with the living. You're so inclined. A couple of celebrations. Hornitos. Hornitos. Wonderful little place up there in the valley, or up in the Mount Foothills. And then uh, our friends over here at the MAC, I think starting today at 5. And also, a little event out there in the Loughborough area at 10 o'clock. And have a couple of our stations there. I'm going to be there at noon, noon to 2, with the hot van. The hip-hop, that's right. I'm a player. Anyway, going to be over there, kind of supporting uh, what's going on with Councilman Matt Serrato. Councilman of Merced. Prosecutor of the Year. Not guilty Serrato, we call him. He'll be over there. 
I believe uh, Darren McDaniel, supervisor, District 3, that's right, he represents part of Merced. You'd never know it because you never see him at the council meetings. He was there a couple of weeks ago, a couple of, I don't know, maybe a month ago. But uh, he is, <laughs> he is, he's your representative out there, Loughborough, for the county, which is much better than the one we have for the majority of the city of Merced, Lee Lore. Whew. I don't even, I don't know what she does. I don't know what she does. She had no projects. For Measure V, that's right, the sales tax, the special tax. Couldn't think of anything in her district, District 2, which is encompass, uh, which encompasses a, a big part of Merced, one of the few districts that, uh, one of the smaller districts because of the number of people. The supervisoral districts are divided among population, as well as geography, and Supervisor Lore just feels that, hey, there's just no road projects for that extra money we're collecting worthwhile in her district. Which I find really interesting because uh, she was all uh, hot to trot on this participatory budgeting process. You remember that? Hub Walsh, unfortunately, Supervisor Walsh, the previous holder of that office for a couple of terms. I know it's it's forgetful because you wonder what he did. And, of course, that's why Lee Lore won because he didn't do anything of any significance. But he did leave uh, close to $100,000 in his uh, re-election slush fund. I'm sorry, the supervisor's discretionary fund. They get $40,000 every year to, you know, spread around, a little pocket change. Used to be called political patronage back in the day in the South. You know, you knew Billy. Billy would get you a job over at the road department. Well, you know, that still happens. But uh, the money, $40,000, used to be $100,000 a year. 100000 a year they got to spread around. Then people find, well, you know, in the recession, depression, that was kind of hard to justify. So it got down to forty. It has since been rescinded, which I agree with. But anyway, Lee Lore was left with a budget of about, or a balance of about $100,000. So she wanted to continue. She thought the uh, re-election slush fund, the discretionary fund of the supervisors, which no other board up and down the valley has this. You go through the budget, you go through the general fund, you go through the right way, not the good old boy system. But anyway, she wanted to dole out her money, 40000 a year, as if she was getting it. Hopefully that someday it would come back, which it hasn't, with this participatory budgeting process. So it's a discretionary fund, which means her discretion. But again, she can't make a decision on her own without checking with, you know, the constituents. So she had these dog and pony shows, and it started out with... Rodrigo Espinosa, District 1 supervisor, with uh, <laughs> old Johnny P, Johnny Pedrozo, the former, again, kind of like Hub, what did he do for 12 years? He, he left uh, $0 in the account. Of course, Rodrigo, big Rod, loves that. Uh, well, anyway, he thought uh, he, thought he was going to get some more money, but nothing, nada, no, no money. So the uh, cooperation between District 1 and 2 quickly fizzled. Or it was just District 2. And some of the some of the ideas these people had on what to spend this discretionary money on, you know, drinking fountains, uh, downtown, I don't know, just some really oddball ideas. They settled upon the winner of having a concert at Courthouse Park, getting some washed-up DJ with some 80s sound equipment over there to spin some vinyl. I think five or six people showed up. That was her uh, participatory budgeting process. Well, they even talked about having an outdoor gym, you know, one of these uh, exercise areas somewhere, maybe a 
amphitheater where they could have protests and talk about how racist our sheriff's department is and not to cooperate with ICE. That was some of her ideas. Of course, she wanted to have health care for all the illegal aliens in our community paid for by the county, even though there is a system already in place. Our former health care director had to enlighten Ms. Lohr about, or Mrs. Lore about that, but uh, Supervisor Lore, excuse me. But she didn't like that. She felt that, you know, county staff wasn't working for her. And then when she had her town hall meeting, well, it was just nothing but excoriating county staff, what they didn't do, what they should do. And if you had salad on your plate, well, stand up and thank an illegal immigrant. That's That was her uh, basis of her town hall. So then we come to Measure V when all of the supervisors are supposed to come up with their projects. She couldn't have any. So again, she doesn't know how to spend her discretionary funds. She doesn't know how to spend the money that we voted on as taxpayers. I don't know who's representing you, District 2, but it's not Lee Lohr, Supervisor Lohr. It's kind of interesting to see that uh, we've got some retreads coming out to challenge her. You know, we had 12 years of, an, of a Pedrozo. I guess we we want another, I wouldn't even stand for another 12 minutes, but I guess, uh, I guess we're going to have that choice. Such a success over there at the city wants to bring that same success to the county. I understand District 1, uh, River Valley, excuse me, District 4, Lloyd Pereira. River Valley is going to have a little uh, competition also. People have thrown their hats, as well as District 1, Rodrigo Espinoza has some competition. And Lee Lore has some competition, too. Whether we'll get any leadership, well, that's the question. That's really the question. But what a dereliction of duty to not find any, any Measure V projects in your district. Supervisor Lore, you're a disgrace. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I don't know why you ran to be supervisor. I don't know what your purpose was. But it certainly wasn't to represent the people in your district for the county of Merced. Let's move on. I got a lot of heat last week about my reading of the Merced Sunstar article in last week's paper about Outwater being one of the state's most distressed cities. Now, the data that was used by the Sunstar article was from the 1617 fiscal year. And boy, oh boy, people took issue with me about that. You know, Casey, that 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 is old. Everybody knew Atwater was in trouble. There's nothing new there. That's just piling on. Well, the data is a couple of cycles old because, uh, as you know, the fiscal year goes from June to June. It's not December to December. So when they say 1617 fiscal year, that's June of 17. And some people were saying, well, you know, let's, let's use our MCOE math here together. June of 17 to June of 18 would be one fiscal year, then June of 18 to June of 19, which just ended a few months ago, that would be two fiscal years. So this data is two years old, Casey. Well, I think the article was fairly generous in talking about that the deficit has come down from 4.1 million from its peak in 2014 down to 1.4 million now. And they've uh, ended the furlough Fridays at City Hall. Now they're open five days a week. But the problems are still there, my friends. 
And the new uh, information in this article was this dashboard revealing the fiscal health or lack thereof of 471 cities in the Golden State. Everybody knew Atwater, along with a handful of others, the top 10. But now the state has put this in a easy-to-understand dashboard. I remember there were some folks on the Atwater City Council that were very uh, supportive of transparency in government and spending. And there's another dashboard, uh, was it Clear California or Transparent California, where you can see the wages, the compensation for all of the employees, government employees in the state. It was very, very, uh, very enlightening and uh, eye-opening dashboard if you've never gone on it. But this one, people really took offense to over there in Atwater. Now, you know, there's a lot of the soil over there in Atwater is a little different than Merced. Merced has a lot of clay, a lot of that dark chocolate brown clay. Man, it can grow anything, grow rocks. It's, it's so fertile. Over in Atwater, it's a little, you get a little sandy. A little, you know, the water percolates down. It, it uh, you know, drains. Good, good drainage in Atwater. Good drainage in Atwater. But sometimes the sand, well, it's easy to... Well, it's it's kind of easy to forget things sometimes, you know, when you're when you're in the sand over there. But the problems are there now. The the new information in the Sunstar article, which again people just did not like, was a dashboard. California State Auditor's Office on Thursday. This is last Thursday, not two years ago, not 2016, 17 Thursday, not 17, 18 Thursday, not 19, 20, 20. I mean, I got all the texts. No, this was last Thursday, unveiled, excuse me, two Thursdays ago, unveiled a new online dashboard revealing the fiscal health of 471 cities. The dashboard, that dashboard, the one that came out on Thursday, not the 16, 17, 18, 19, 19. The dashboard that came out on Thursday reveals 18 cities that are being high risk for experiencing financial distress. Now, Atwater was number two. And folks, it wasn't alphabetical. So again, I, I just bring you the news. Don't kill the messenger. If you don't like the message, how about changing it? There's an idea. How about changing the message? Well, I don't know if you've heard the message out of Outwater this week. There was a council meeting on Monday night. As you know, they have a council meeting. The last, the well, second and fourth Mondays of the month. Their last meeting was on the 28th of uh, October, last Monday of the month. One of the issues was to bring up the extension of the public safety tax. This is the Measure H tax. Uh, Half cent right now, currently. Sunsets in 2023. Been a lot of discussion on the council in the last several years. And I, I mean several years, a couple of years ago. The former mayor brought up the issue of extending the tax and was, well, basically told, no way. This was a temporary tax. It's going to sunset. We're going to work our way out of it. City on the rise, positive progress. There's no way we're going to stop us. Of course, there's some folks over there on the council that are very opposed to taxation. I thought they're not opposed to the limits. Uh, No sunset. On the proposed tax, it's going to be before the Atwater voters coming up in March. And they're doubling it. Going from a half a percent to a full point. 
as one of the people over there in the city of Atwater mentioned, hey, we could go up to 10%. That's the statutory limit. But the city of Atwater and its folks will be asked to not only extend the public safety, the Measure H, whatever they're going to call it this time, the buy a new fire truck tax, to a full percentage point, to 8.75%, the same as Los Manos. But again, like the city said, it could be 10. They wanted to let Brian Raymond know that because Councilman Raymond, as you know, has always been against, well, not always. He was for the school tax because, you know, well, that helps real estate. And anything that helps real estate, well, that's got to be good. Right? And as far as a sunset on this tax, well, the old one was going to end in 2023, the half cent. This one, forever and ever and ever. Taxation into perpetuity, which Councilman Raymond, big believer in that. Big believer in that one. Voted a big yes on that one. Well, I can't believe we're out of time. Can you believe how time, how fast the time flies here on Citizen Watch? So those of you that don't like me talking about Atwater, you probably want to tune out. <laughs> The rest of the show, a lot of sand over there in Atwater. A lot of sand. We'll be right back. Third and final segment of Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed on The Voice of your Valley. Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Citizen Watch, third and final segment of the 8 o'clock hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. So happy to have you here with us on this first Saturday in November. Going to change the time tomorrow, don't forget. Fall back. I remember I uh, had an employee once on a job. He showed up late on Monday after the time change in the fall and He's like, dude, they changed the time. I'm like, you know, I would have believed you if you would have shown up an hour early. <laughs> but he was still an hour late, so that was the end of that guy. But don't uh, don't be a Dave, as they say on one of our famous commercials. Anyway, uh, time falls back. So before you go to bed tonight, on the Day of the Dead, and hopefully you'll wake up tomorrow because it's promised to no one, but uh, if you do, at least you'll be ready to go. All the Sunday news shows. You'll be on time. You won't be an hour early. And you get an extra hour of sleep. Kind of like the school kids. You know, get a gruesome newsome. School kids got to get more sleep. I like one of my friends. He goes, put them to bed earlier. Oh, that's common sense. You can't do that. Hey, we were talking about our favorite friends up north, the city of Atwater. You can't drink the water in Atwater, but it looks good in a glass. Just don't, don't drink it. I guess it's got some problems up there. They got some money for that. But they want more money. As I said, there was a council meeting Monday night, the last meeting in October 28th, and it was continued. There was one issue continued until the 30th, uh, adjourned uh, council meeting agenda. And I thought there'd be all kinds of people there. Five o'clock at the city council chambers on Wednesday. I uh, thought this would be televised. You know, they still have one camera over there that they haven't ripped out by the cables. 
that the mayor allows to televise the ass of everybody that gets up and speaks at the dais, because that's the view you get, the rear, the rear view over there. <laughs> I call it the rear view mirror over there at the city of Atwater. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's appropriate. So they continued the meeting until 5 o'clock on Wednesday. I got online here in Merced thinking, well, I'll just watch this before I have another event to go to at 6. But it uh, wasn't on there. So I'm like, well, i got to go over and see what's happening. Probably be standing room only. I walk in, there's nobody there except the council, city staff. The fire department, Cal Fire, and of course, Salvador, the chief of police, front row. I sat in the back row because I like to, you know, kind of incognito. But there was nobody else there. It was all empty chairs. It's amazing how small that council chamber is when you're actually in there. So they were there to adopt a resolution calling and giving notice of a special municipal election to be held on March 3rd, 2020. Submitting a proposed ordinance relating to the renewal of a transactions and use tax at one half or one cent to the city's voters at the special municipal election. $80,000, a little less, seventy-five. This is going to cost the city of Atwater to put on the ballot for the March election, and it was a 4-1. Brian Raymond, while he agreed that taxes should be collected in perpetuity, could not agree that taxing the citizenry for police and fire was a good idea. I guess in his mind, he wants to let it expire in 2023 with no answer. At least none was provided. He's a man of very few words, but the actions speak. The vote was no on the 1%. There were four yeses. Paul Creighton, the mayor, the current mayor of Atwater, who at one time did not want to see the extension of Measure H in its current form. I guess he wanted a raise because he was a big yes. Mayor Creighton, along with Councilman Kale, who was in the discussion worried about his reelection prospects going along with such a heavy hit. But sometimes you have to make the tough decisions, as Councilwoman Vieira said and voted yes for, because she wants raises for the police officers. They haven't had a raise in a long time, as you know. The last time there was a public safety tax, Frank Petro, who wore many hats, the chief of police, the city manager. He was instrumental in getting Measure H over the hump last time because it would have been the end of their police department. I think one of the concerns with going forward with the percent is that the general fund will not be rated for police and fire services, money that would normally go to those services if there wasn't this special tax, this increased tax of a half a percent, let alone a percent. And as you know, Atwater has many, many issues. There was a lot of lively discussion that night. Again, because it wasn't televised, nobody saw it. It's not on the archives. It's not on the YouTube website, the City of Atwater website that shows the council meetings. To me, this was an extension of the council meeting. And I thought the people might be interested, but nobody showed up. I think I was the only civilian there. There might have been one other person. I could be wrong. But it wasn't dozens and dozens. It wasn't even a handful. So I guess you guys want it. Should be a done deal. This should pass with 80, 90% because nobody was there to talk about it.
at all. Just discussion among the council members. And it was a tough decision. You could see them agonizing over it. What to do, a half, a full point? There was a third option that really didn't get much traction, a general 1% sales tax just goes into the general fund. But the polling wasn't good, wasn't good at all. Mayor Creighton, Wednesday night, assured the folks that the poll that was taken of three, four, five hundred people was uh, more than enough to get the feel of what the residents wanted. Well, the feel wasn't uh, too feely. It uh, barely seven out of ten. You need 66.7, 66.7 to pass. So we're right on the ragged threshold. And I, I know that they were asked about the one percent. And while the citizenry of Atwater agree, the crime has gone up. The perception of crime has gone up in the past year. Violent crimes have gone up in the past year. Property crimes have gone up. Homelessness has gone up in the past year in Atwater, and people are frustrated. And they want to see public safety be a priority of the Atwater City Council. And to four of them, it is. To one, it's not. So anyway, this will be going on the ballot in March. And the theory of the council is, hey, hey, if it doesn't pass in March, we'll try again in November when we have the general election, the presidential, because this thing expires, Measure H, expires in 2023. There's not going to be another presidential. It's every four years, guys. And even my MCOE math, I can add four plus 2020. That's 2025. So it's, uh, you know, 2023, that's less than 2025. And so you got to do something now. Now. And that's what the special meeting was for, was to discuss this. There's a grand jury report that I'm going to be bringing in talking about the problems in Atwater with their facilities, their evidence room. We tried to blame it all on Sammy Joseph. Remember that? Guns, money, drugs. That was in the article, too, of the Sunstar. That little rock, that little boulder over the fence at Sammy turned out it was anything but Sammy's fault. It was the facilities. Inadequate. We've heard from Chi Salvador, the savior from Colinga by way of Madera. He still has the plans rolled up in the closet of what he did in Madera. Very, very proud of that. As well, he should be. And he brought up to the good folks of Atwater that, hey, we need new everything, man. This place is falling apart. Mayor Creighton mentioned that the economic development was three mobile homes glued together. Falling apart. But the fountain works. The solar. God, it's beautiful, that solar. What a great shade structure. Looks like a jungle gym over there. Of course, you guys are paying, what, 50, 60 cents a kilowatt hour? That's progress. That's green. That's being green, baby. That's being green. Anyway, Mayor Creighton, he realized that maybe a year or two ago, he didn't want to see the extension of Measure H. They're going to work their way out of it. Well, he smelled the coffee. He woke up. He realized that a half a cent ain't going to cut it. Cindy Vieira, Councilwoman Vieira, who wants to see raises for her or for the police officers, said, we're going to be in the same situation in a couple of years if we don't go to the full percentage point. And when the motion was forwarded for the full percentage point, the chief looked over at the fire guy and oh, there was a look of love there. I could see it from the back row. Now, now we can really start planning over there. Because the money is going to come rolling in now. It's my understanding with this taxation of the people of Atwater, uh, 
double the taxation that you're currently getting now for the special measure, going from a half to a full point, will give you the ability to build new facilities. Now, I know the chief, when he made his initial presentation a couple of weeks ago, was from months ago or whatever it was, was hoping for the public-private partnership. You know, somebody comes in, they build everything for you. You just make a little lease payment. Well, you got to have the money to make the lease payment. Hey, maybe this is the vehicle by which to get it. But I'd be more worried, quite frankly, about the personnel. Because the discussion as was in the city of Merced with the fire department, you can have all the new fire stations you want, but if there's no Dalmatian and a guy to feed them inside, pretty useless. That hose just sits there. So anyway, for the councilman in Atwater, and boy, I'm, I've been told not to talk about Atwater. I, I, uh, I guess you got to be positive in your progress, which this is. I mean, isn't this positive? We found a way to get out of the woods in Atwater. So again, if it doesn't work in March, don't worry, my friends. September or November is just around the corner. Another, I don't know if it's another 80 grand. Who knows? How much do the consultant cost that told you this thing is on life support going into it? Wasn't that about 20? I know they wanted to uh, look over the uh, results, the survey results. Like I say, Councilman Kale, he was he was real honest. Hey, folks, I'm nervous. I wanna I wanna get reelected because that was the mantra in Atwater for many many years. Do anything you could to get reelected. Borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Borrow from the sewer to pay the water. The water from the sewer. The gar- raise rates. Who don't even charge them? Business license fees. Hey, come on. We're all friends and realtors here in Atwater. Let's not worry about business license fees. So when the wheels start coming off, what do we do? Hey, let's blame the new chief of police. Let's blame the ex-city manager, the ex-chief of police. You know, they gave a key to the city out Monday night. And I think that was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. A great show of civic pride, of support for a pillar of the community. You might think about giving a key someday to Frank Petro. Because you wouldn't have a lock to unlock with any key, if it wasn't for Frank Petro and what he did for the city of Atwater. And he is underappreciated to this day. And now you're vindicating everything he did by not only continuing Measure H, but doubling it. But again, some aren't supportive of police or fire. No, uh, no explanation of how they're going to support it other than to say no to the extension and the increase of the Measure H tax. So again, very, very interesting. I wish the people, maybe there's a recording. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this will be. It hasn't even hit the paper yet that I saw. No, uh, Nobody from the Merced County Times, of course, their coverage was a little too in-depth. So they've had to pull back, you know, like Payson, that 30,000, the view from 30,000 feet. Everybody looks like ants. You don't want to look too close over there in Atwater. Boy, did I get heck for reading an article in the Merced Sunstar. So we'll just pretend it doesn't exist. We'll pretend there's no problems in the city of Atwater. How about that? You want to do that? Let's, let's go that route. I mean, hell, the rest of Merced County's doing that. There's no problems.
<laughs> right? Right? Help us all. Help us all. My name's Casey Steed. Voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. This has been Citizen Watch on Saturday morning. So happy that you've joined me. I hope you can join me again next week and every week on these airwaves. I may not be on next week. They may get rid of me. Some people don't like to hear opinions, especially mine. But I hope you tune in no matter how you feel. See you later. of your valley so happy to have you here with me on this saturday morning the bonus half hour of citizen watch the 9 to nine thirty show i gotta get ready for the end of it 25 minutes it's gonna be fast paced folks there's so many things going on in merced county this weekend the day of the dead november 2nd we change the clocks tomorrow the time falls back don't forget that that's a big one gotta get ready so many things here Anyway, uh, we were talking about Outwater in the last hour of Citizen Watch, the 8 o'clock hour. Hopefully we didn't lose too many of you over there on that on that issue. Always controversial when I talk about Outwater. I tried to have, I called Mayor Paul Creighton, uh, never called me back. Kind of funny, he played the voicemail for my boss, but uh, when it returned my call, I don't know, maybe not prepared to talk about all things Atwater. I didn't want to talk about just the sales tax increase, the doubling of the taxation of the special tax on Atwater, raising you folks to 8.75. Merced's only eight and a quarter. Of course, you'll be uh, the same as Los Banos at 8.75. Livingston, your friends to the north. I was uh, talking to some folks in Atwater and they said that, you know, big tie to Livingston, I guess half the People in Atwater went to Livingston High. The other half went to Atwater High. Kind of a dividing line over there somewhere. Anyway, Livingston only 7.75. Yeah, they haven't even they don't even have a special tax over there. Of course, you know, Foster Farms brings in a lot of a lot of good stuff over there in Livingston. So they're probably happy with, uh, you know, where they're at as opposed to Atwater. One of the things that happened here in Merced that was very disappointing, we're going to talk about Merced now. Merced City Council meeting Coming up Monday night, the 4th of November, 6 o'clock. You don't want to miss that one. Lots of things on the agenda. We're going to get to that here in just a bit. I just wanted to talk about the Amgen. This is a cycling classic. Doug Fletch, God bless your heart, Doug. I really feel bad for you. I know you uh, were instrumental in getting it to this point. And through no fault of your own, the Amgen folks, the people that are organizing the race, pulled the plug on next year's event. That's right. No event, no race in 2020. It's over, it's off, it's done, it's history. So the push to get the old L cap done, the renovation, as you know, it stalled because of some mismanagement, malfeasance, uh, hanky-panky, a little razzle-dazzle over there they got caught on. 
and it won't be done uh, spring of 2019 or fall of 2019. It's fall of 2019 now. No, it's going to be fall 2020. And the concern was, is would those 114 rooms be ready for the Amgen? Well, don't worry about it now. Very, very sad. I was really looking forward to this. I won't go over the route. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's over. But hopefully we can turn this around. Maybe uh, the next time they uh, reconstitute this race, if they ever do, has to make you wonder. Are there issues, bigger issues? I'm kind of glad we didn't get halfway down this thing and they canceled. We had money out, blah, 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 commitments. We were going to commit $100,000 from the city's economic development fund, which I was all for. Sometimes you got to throw a little money at things. It's like when we sent the sheriff's posse over to the inauguration in 2016. Boy, you don't think that was met with a lot of derision and divisiveness pushback from our community, certain members of our community that didn't see the point in highlighting Merced on a national scale when there was an illegitimate winner in a lot of people's minds, and we still see that going on three years later by the vote in the House along party lines, strictly along party lines. They couldn't even get all the Democrats to go along. You wonder why things are screwed up in the country and in the state of California you have to look no further than the Democratic Party all the fires the issues we've had in this state we need to get rid of a lot of dead wood and it starts up in the legislature up in Sacramento the House, the Assembly Congress what has Jim Costa done for California what has Jim Costa done for Merced County Besides vote for articles impeachment of impeachment. You talk about walking Nancy Pelosi's shoes. I think he has his own pair. He doesn't use hers. Where's the federal funds that should be coming to this valley, that should be going out there to the old Castle Air Force Base for remediation? Where is it? Where's the cooperation with environmental concerns to get us more water to get more impoundment more storage more surface storage where is Jim Costa oh he's voting for impeachment forget the North American Free Trade Agreement the New Mexico Canada Trade Agreement forget that no there's more important things we need to relitigate the 2016 election that's what we need to do. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. So the Amgen being canceled here in Merced, a terrible, terrible thing. Gas costs in California, if you've noticed, almost $2 a gallon more than the rest of the nation. It was interesting to see an article, one of the station owners, uh, hey, are you passing along the cost? Are you charging more? He goes, heck, yes, I am. To do business in California is onerous, to say the least. All of the regulations, the reports, the things I have to do, the minimum wage, the blah, 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 the rah, 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 I have to charge what I charge. I'm not going to pay for it. And this is the devil in the details. This is why the carbon tax, all of these taxes are so unfair. And what's really unfair, as I stated in the first hour, is when they're collected and then not distributed by our elected officials because they can't find any projects worthwhile to spend the money on. That 
is a dereliction of your duty. That's malfeasance, and you should be removed from office. Thank God there's an election coming up. But you wonder why gas is higher in California? It's because the cost of doing business is higher. We have more oil under our feet than the Bakken. Shale formation in North Dakota. But they won't let us go after it because you could hurt something. We're hurting, we're hurting something. It's called an economy. Our people are stressed out. The disposable income is not there. We, there was some discussion at the Atwater Council meeting by Councilman Ambrose. Danny Amber is a new member of the council over there in Atwater who was concerned that some of the residents live on literally $1,000 a month and that doubling their taxes would be a hardship on them. Now one of the council members said, oh, what are we talking, $5 a month, $200 a month? I mean, is it real money? To some people, $5 a month is real money. That's the difference between taking your kid out and getting a little bag of chips or no, put that back. So when you're paying $2 or more for a gallon for gas, you fill up a 20-gallon tank, figure it out. My MCOE math, that's at least 30 bucks that you could spend on your family doing something else. Again, I don't know how much longer the people can put up with this. The broken promises, the taxation, the fees, the levies, just gets worse and worse. But let's move on. The city council meeting is going to have a meeting Monday night. City of Mercy, the city of Merced, November 4th over there in the council chambers. Lots of things on the agenda one of the first things right out of the gate will be a presentation from McCag, the Merced County Association of Governments. Our friend over there, Stacy Dabbs Guzman. I didn't notice the new last name. Always knew her as Stacy Dabbs. She's going to make a presentation. She's the executive director over there. Used to be the PIO. Now I believe they have Mary Michael Rawlings as the PIO, but Stacy's going to step up to the platform, give a, uh, a little primer on all things McCag, what they do, what they don't do, primarily transportation, the bus, yards, and the dump. That's what McCag does. Of course, as you know, there's a representative from one of the six incorporated cities and all five of the Board of Supervisors. Another thing that's going to be on the agenda Monday night is a new housing position, a new job classification of housing program manager, along with some other changes. But the big one here is our friend Mark Hamilton is no longer with the city of Merced. As you know, he used to head up all things housing over there, affordable housing, the neighborhood stabilization plans, anything that dealt with the interaction between HUD, the federal government, the homeless, the nonprofits, Mark Hamilton, but no longer there. So they're going to go through, kind of tune up that job classification. Uh, I didn't realize how well that paid, $100,000 a year. So if anybody's looking for a job, it's open. 
We're also going to accept uh, some money from the feds. Now, I know this probably rubs a lot of people wrong. You do not support ICE, folks. I'm not going to be able to get to it today, but I'll, next week I'm going to read an article from UC Merced Professor Sociology Studies wanting to ask Vern some questions about the truth forum, and uh, she has 25, 26 questions. I'm going to see if I can help her out. I don't know what Vern's answer would be, but uh, I, I'm going to give her my answers. Of course, uh, nobody wants to help ICE. You know, don't want to uh, don't want to help the feds get rid of criminal, illegal aliens in our community. No, that's bad. Now, if you remember, Corporal Ron L. Singh was killed, murdered by a criminal, illegal alien who had been deported several times. Corporal Singh pulled him over on the day after Christmas, the 26th, after he had visited his wife and seven-month-old child, stopped in to say hi, he and his canine partner. A little while later, on the corner of Merced Avenue and Eucalyptus Street, he was murdered by this criminal, illegal alien. And this UC professor has the audacity to, audacity to ask why our sheriff would ever cooperate with Immigrations and Custom Enforcement against our immigrant community. Well, let me tell you something, Miss Goulash. It's not the immigrant community that we're enforcing against. It's the illegal immigrant community. So let's get the vernacular straight. But Monday night, we are going to accept $21,000 from the Department of Justice, the DOJ, for bulletproof vests that will cover 50% of the costs to protect our officers, the thin blue line, the line between anarchy and civilization that so many people would erase, obscure, make fuzzy by their demands, their unreasonable demands that we not cooperate with other agencies. I've never heard of anything so ludicrous in my life. Like I say, I can't get to the article this week, but I will. There's also going to be a street closure by the Merced Main Street Association, our friends over there, for the Christmas parade. It's right. It's the holiday season, folks. You know, after Thanksgiving, or after Halloween, it's all downhill. All downhill. The Christmas parade's coming up December 7th. That's when they put the tree over there in Bob Hart Square. Probably have the uh, nativity scene by our local homeless folks in Bob Hart Square proper, but that's, uh, I don't know. Anyway, they're going to close. They're going to have a big parade, uh, G to O, Maine, blah, 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 all over the place. I love the Christmas parade. Every once in a while, we at Radio Merced would run the vans out there. I don't know if we're going to do that this year. You know, I talked about a uh, project that was going to go, go on over at the corner of McKee and Yosemite Avenue over there, uh, just where the city and the county meet. Some efficiency dwelling units, 428 efficiency dwelling units were being proposed a few weeks ago uh, by a developer. It was turned down. Interesting to see on the consent calendar, there's an item to have some professional services agreement. For another project going over on the corner of Gardner in Yosemite to incorporate 
property that's currently in the county into the city, an annexation, they call that, all the way up to Hatch Road, which would be on the other side of the project that was denied that was in the city. And the reason I bring this up is they're talking about putting 500 units of apartments on 30 acres. And as you know, this developer at the corner of McKee and Yosemite was going to put 428 units on five acres. That was turned down because of density and many other reasons and actually will be on the consent calendar to affirm that denial of appeal. But this project is a good project. This project is something that should go. Of course, we have to get the sewer and the water master plan done because we can't annex another foot into the city of Merced until those are done. But this would be 70 acres annexed into the city, basically going from Hatch to Gardner all the way up to Dunn. Incorporating the, incorporating the current Yosemite church over there, though no development would be done on that property. Of the 70 acres, only 30 are in, are in contention. 500 units, uh, 20 buildings, common area, detention ponds. You know, a normal project, not this stack and pack, dense, dense, dense development that was proposed on the corner of McKee and Yosemite. Also, I understand groundbreaking will be happen on, happening on the project at the corner of Lake Road in Yosemite, uh, another multi-family residential uh, apartments, if you will, up there for the students. So again, we are seeing the developments. We are seeing the movement of development. It just takes a little time, folks. That's all. And then, as I said, there's going to be an appeal, uh, de- a resolution denying the appeal of the uh, 428 efficiency dwelling units, the EDUs, and 18,000 feet of retail. The reasons for the denial were many, but one is the lack of parking. It didn't uh, even come close to what was required for the number of parking spots. They wanted 470-some spots. Uh, The minimum would have been 700 and uh, 750, I believe. Well, what did it say here? Insufficient parking. 412 spaces uh, were provided for the project. The city zoning code required a total of 711 for both residential and commercial. The applicants are asking for a 42% reduction. And that was based on one person per unit, which was specious, because the UBC says that every bed you should count as two people. So uh, this was just based on the fact, really probably about 1,400 spaces short, more like about 85% short. The other thing, uh, the existing services out there proposed using a uh, modification to the sewage plant, the sewage uh, discharge into the, into the wastewater system. Now, the city has never approved such a system before and therefore has no experience with long-term maintenance and upkeep of such facility another reason and traffic a number of units per acre so again you know not all projects are bad and not all projects are good so again that's coming up for a formalization at the city council meeting on monday night uh this is something that concerns me a little bit we're going to approve uh, an amendment to our professional services agreement for an outside lawyer. Now, as you know, we have Phaedra Norton, a very competent city attorney. But I believe there's some conflict of interest items that we cannot proceed with her, and so we've hired a outside firm, Lozano Smith. 
Started out at thirty thousand. We're now going to increase his contract to ninety thousand. From thirty thousand, two hundred fifty dollars an hour. Doesn't really say what it's about. It's all kind of hush hush. But uh, again, we don't want to be like Atwater with these legal fees. That's why we have an in-house attorney. And I hope we don't have another extension of this contract going forward. The other thing that's coming up again is the uh, abatement of the Renero's building is not going as well as planned, folks. It's not going as well as planned. They have spent $120,000 to date demoing that building, shoring up the walls so when they tear it down, you don't have to put those, uh, those stiff legs like you see over there now holding up the one wall that's still standing. Everybody knew there was a sub-basement in there, as there are in most buildings in Merced. Except the city of Merced, after they got in there, they realized that there was about a 30-inch interstitial space, a void, a basement, if you will. It's not really, you know, 30 inches, unless you're pretty small. You can't really stand up. But evidently, it's big enough for the transients, the drug users, the criminals, the vagrants in our community, big enough for them to do their illegal activity. And when the guy started tearing apart the building, he found out that, uh, well, we got to fill that in. So all we need is 20000 bucks, and we can take care of that. So they're going to go Monday night backfilling the pit where the building once stood at 636 West Main Street. Someday, it's not going out without a fight, but Renero's is going out. Then there will be a hearing on the revised park hours. They still haven't figured out the time. I'm going to make it real simple, 6 to 10, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., year-round. You put gates on the parks, it's real easy to put some swing gates, some big pipe on a little hinge with a lock, Applegate, Stephen Leonard, you name it. Wherever there's a driveway, other than that, you just enforce the curfew from 6 to 10. Don't worry about the bike path. Somebody's on the bike path, they're going to be moving through. But uh, this ordinance, I'm sure there will be some discussion, you know, there. Some folks in our community feel that we're picking on the homeless. No, we're picking on criminal activity that may or may not be caused by the homeless along with other people. But let's not make this a, you know, class envy, picking on the homeless type of situation. That's not what is happening. I tell you, you know, Have some respect for the people that live around these parks and what they have to deal with day in and day out, let alone when the park park is open. What do you think it's like over there about 3 o'clock on a Saturday in the the summer? Noisy, noisy, noisy. They know what they're getting into, but at a certain time, they need a little peace. And I say it starts no later than 10 o'clock. Now, they're talking about 8, 9 o'clock. I don't know. With summer, I think that's a little early. Winter might be a little late. But again, you go rolling through there when it's dark at 5 o'clock. You go rolling in there at 5, 6, 7 o'clock. Police can go in there anytime they want. Criminal activity is criminal activity. But as far as keeping people out at a certain time, I think 10 is the latest you want to go. Uh, What else are we going to do? They're going to approve some bonds over in one of these community facility districts, Moraga of Merced. This is a housing development that died a long time ago, it's now been resurrected, full build-out, 700 homes almost, unbelievable. But you know, if you're going to do these CFDs, let's start planting the trees that died over the last few years. I know Ken Elwin is doing a tree plant, but come on. 
I cannot believe the amount of landscaping we let die and is continuing to die because of not maintaining these CFDs. We were always told there wasn't the critical mass of people. Well, now we have it. Let's get it, let's get it going. Let's replace some of this uh, vegetation, make it look good at least. This is one of the things Doug Fletch wanted to do. The other thing is uh, solid waste rates. Trash rates are going to go up. Well, not going to go up. They're going to talk about it. Trash fees, as you know, any of your uh, enterprise funds, they have to pay for themselves. They can't make money, but they have to pay for themselves. So trash rates are going to be on the agenda Monday night. Well, folks, we're running out of time. It goes quick. It goes real quick, doesn't it? Hope you can join me next week on Citizen Watch, 8 o'clock hour. Of course, 6 o'clock, we have the Merced County News with me. 8 and 9 o'clock, Citizen Watch. And if you can join me out there today, it's the uh, Loughborough area. I'll be out there at 2, 12 to 2, rather. The rest of our station will be out there at 10. I think they're heading out right now. Well, I got to go. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.